John chapter 19, if you have your Bibles this morning, again, it is Easter. It is the day, uh, the days, if, we, if you will, that we remember both the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And of course, you know, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this. I know every time we come to church, you know it's about Jesus. That's why you come to church. But we take this moment and this time every Easter to remember specifically what he did for us by dying on the cross and rising again from the dead. What is fascinating to me, as we're going to look at this morning, is what really killed Jesus? Now, there was never an autopsy done, but because of the scriptures, we do have an idea. And I want to talk about that this morning. The broken heart of Jesus. In 2015, former NFL quarterback Doug Flutie, who had played for a number of teams, including New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills, his father Dick died of a heart attack. And less than one hour later, his mother Joan died of a heart attack. He wrote in a post later on Facebook, he said, They say you can die of a broken heart. And I believe it. The article that I was reading said the question then is why in cases like the Fluties is a quick, immediate death following a bereavement that may be caused by intense physical ramifications of grief. The number one cause of death of the bereaved spouse is often heart disease and sudden death, meaning that the heart stops. According to an NBCnews.com, they were quoting Lee, let's just say Dr. Lee, I won't even try to butcher his last name. It has been called broken heart syndrome, and it's a term that is used when the heart is traumatically overcome and, and what happens is the large, uh, it, one of your uh, chambers swells, bursts, and it's instant death. They say this is actually hap- can happen. The text we're going to read, Jesus dies very suddenly. Crucifixion by nature was a very slow, tedious death. It had the ability for you to inhale, but it took work for you to exhale. And so what begins to happen is the blood begins to thicken up with carbon dioxide. And as that begins to happen, your heart begins to have trouble pumping. And there's all these kinds of things that are happening. And it's a slow death. This is why in the text we're going to read, the thought was if we break their legs, they can't lift up anymore. This hastens the death process. But Jesus cries out, and he dies. We're going to examine that a little bit. In our text, beginning in verse 31 of John chapter 19, it says, in the day, it was the day of preparation. They were preparing for the Passover. And the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies hanging there the next day. 
which was the Sabbath, a very special Sabbath because it was Passover week. So they asked Pilate to hasten the deaths by ordering their legs broken. The bodies could be taken down, and uh, then the bodies could be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. So they did not break his legs. One of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. This report from eyewitnesses giving an accurate report. So he speaks the truth that you may... Uh, that you also may continue to believe. These things happened in the fulfillment of the scriptures that say, not one of his bones will be broken, and they will look upon the one whom they have pierced. Why do Christians celebrate the death of a man? Think about this for just a minute. It's got a little bit of a morbid side. When we celebrate different people, we usually celebrate their births. We usually go back in history and we look when they were born. Uh, We have some American holidays. Uh, They've kind of changed uh, uh, Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday. We're kind of close together, so they kind of put them all together to honor the presidents in February. But we used to honor Washington's birthday. We honor the reason why January was picked for Martin Luther King Day is it was close to his birthday. And then we as Americans make it just on the Monday of that week to make it easier. We honor days of birth, and we do with Jesus. We call that Christmas. Now, honestly, we could get into, and if you want to get into, was Jesus born on December 25th? Probably not. I get that. But we still honor his birth. Did he die? You know, specifically, I think they worked it out that if it would be in the Gregorian calendar, it would have been April 7th. But the Gregorian calendar wasn't around because that was a pope that came around and made that calendar later. But we're honoring both the birth and the death of Jesus Christ. Because his death is unlike anyone else's death. Jesus died for the purpose of redeeming your life. I loved in the video we showed this morning where he mentions the Exodus 1312, where if you have a clean animal born, it has to be sacrificed. But if you have an unclean animal born, it has to be redeemed. And how you and I are born unclean. We're born with a sinful nature. We're born into sin. The only one that was born clean was Jesus. He was sacrificed so we could be redeemed. This is why Jesus died in Isaiah 53 and verse 5. It says that he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. That the sacrifice of Jesus and I I love the thought that everything that happened to Jesus on the cross was he was taking it from us so that we could have the opposite. He's dying so we can live. He's broken so we can be made whole. He's forsaken so we can be accepted. 
He's tormented so we can have peace. On and on it goes that the cross of Jesus Christ becomes the absolute fulfillment of you and I being redeemed. That's why we celebrate uh, this day as his, uh, we're going to look in the communion, we are celebrating not his resurrection, but his death. We're celebrating it because we're redeemed. Uh, Peter, uh, Tim, uh, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul adds, and I am the worst of them all. He says, you know what? You can mark this down. This is a faithful. You can mark it down. If you believe you're a sinner, you're in a good place. I've talked to a lot of people. They don't believe they're sinners. They just don't. Oh, well, I'm just as good as everyone else. I'm just, you know, like, I'm just living my life. I'm trying my best. Well, you know what? You're still failing. The redemption that Jesus came and purchased for us on Calvary's cross was so that we could be forgiven. Trying your best. Christianity is not a religion of, must try harder. Come on, man, try a little harder. It is accepting the sacrifice that Jesus came to give us. As he died, he came to give us life. John 10, verse 15, Just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father, so I sacrifice, or the New King James says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus wasn't forced. He gave willingly. He looked at what the issue is. Hebrews says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Why did he do that? It was a miserable way to die. An absolute horrific way to die. That Jesus Christ suffered on the cross. That asphyxiation. Tried as a common criminal and a traitor. And we'll look a little bit more at that tonight. That his status, this would have been the lowest of the low. But he made that decision because he said, you were worth dying for. Matthew 20, 28, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life ransom for many they didn't take it he gave it you have to understand that that when he looked at your life he said you're worth redeeming the world may not put any value others may say oh you're a loser whatever but jesus said you're worth redeeming this happened just a couple of days ago in the state of utah But a woman died after she pushed another climber out of the way from falling column of ice. The incident happened last Sunday. Three climbers were attempting to ascend Raven Falls in Duchesne County, located about 110 miles southeast of Salt Lake City. 
The Sheen County Sheriff's Office said in a statement that the ice column fell. One climber identified only as a 41-year-old woman pushed the 21-year-old woman out of the way, which probably saved her life. She was able to climb down and call authorities. Unfortunately, the other woman became trapped underneath the ice and did not revive. She gave her life so this other woman could live. Now that's powerful. You read that. It's a powerful understanding when someone will sacrifice for someone else. But Jesus sacrificed for you. It's not just a story that happened somewhere over there. This happened for you right here today. He decided you are worth it. That's why Christianity celebrates Jesus' death. If he was just a prophet, we would mourn. There have been groups that they mourn the death of their founder or their, their you know, the religious prophet or whatever. They more they cry they weep they yeah, we celebrate John 10:18 Jesus said no one can take my life from me I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again for this is why my uh, this is what my father has commanded me and that's why Christianity is about sharing the death of Jesus. It is the fundamental foundation of Christianity. Not the teachings of Jesus. If it's just about the teachings, then all Jesus is to you is a prophet. A good teacher. And he was probably the best teacher. But the foundation of Christianity is Jesus died for you. Throughout the book of Acts, this is what they shared. For instance, Acts chapter 10, 38 through 40. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles, this is Peter speaking, are witnesses of all that he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. And they put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear. The death and resurrection were proclaimed. Not just the teachings, not just Jesus is a good man, but that he died for us and rose again from the dead. This becomes telling because now we get into how did Jesus die? You can Google this and you'll come up with different answers. I understand that. But one of the most predominant beliefs is Jesus died of a broken heart. In our text, it says that one of the soldiers, verse 34 of John 19, one of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed. Now, there's a very good chance that he was very dehydrated. So water is very interesting that blood and water flowed. This is from a doctor who wrote about the crucifixion. What we do know is that when blood sits, the red blood cells naturally separate from the plasma, which looks like water. 
and it would give the appearance of blood and water flowing, as John stated. So so, uh, there, the blood and water are able to sit. The heart, which the soldier punctured with the spear, this membrane that surrounds the heart, is called the pericardial sac. And when the heart ruptures, blood leaks uh, from it and fills uh, fills this sac. While it sits there, the blood separates from the plasma. Jesus did not die of asphyxiation, but a broken heart when he took the sins and sicknesses of the entire world. That Jesus looked at you in your sin, and his heart broke. He looked at me in my sin, his heart broke. Listen to this, Psalm 69, a prophecy about Jesus. You know my shame, scorn, and disgrace. You see all, my en- all that my enemies are doing. They've insulted me and have broke my heart, and I'm in despair. If only one person would show me some pity, if only one person would turn and comfort me, but instead they give me poison for food, they offer me sour wine for thirst. Now, if you know the process of the cross, we didn't read this, but right before this moment, one of the soldiers takes a spear, dips it in, and offers Jesus sour wine. This text tells us, by prophetic word, Jesus died of a broken heart. What broke his heart? Could it be the endless shootings we see in our country? Abortions? Too numerous to count anymore? The corruption and greed in business and politics. Man's inhumane treatment to man. Genesis 6, 5 and 6. And the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that they thought or imagined was continually and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them and put them on the earth. New Living Translation, it broke his heart. God looks at our condition of earth today, it breaks his heart breaks his heart to think about the oppression, the wars, the, the greed, the broken homes, the destroyed families over drugs and gambling and perversion and pornography and on and on it goes. Breaks God's heart. Because he said, I can't leave them that way. I can't leave them in that state. If I leave them in this state, they go to hell. Because that's what they deserve. 
That's what we deserve. But God looked at you, and He loves you so much. John, uh, Romans 5.8 But God showed His great love by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Paul writes in the awe of this in Galatians 2.20, My old self has been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live this, in this earthly body, trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God's love shows you and I. We all know, you know, if you don't know John 3.16, it's one of the most translated scriptures for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe upon him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but it's through him that the world might be saved. God did this for you. Jesus was sacrificed for you, for me, for personally. You have to make this your own personally. He wants to help you. He doesn't want to leave you in the state you're in. He wants to help you in your life. He wants to set you free. Some people think God's against them. But... He wants you to repent. Isaiah, listen to what Isaiah says. Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would never forget you. See, I have written your name on the palm of my hand. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls. Ruins. What did he write in the palm of his hand? A nail print. He said, I'll never forget you. This is what I did for you. I sacrificed my life so you could have forgiveness, life, and redemption. The glorious thing is the story doesn't end there. Not, this is why Jesus died suddenly. This is why when they came to him, he was already dead. It wasn't the slow, agonizing asphyxiation, being able to breathe in, having a hard time breathing out. But following, it says in verse 40 of John chapter 19, on through verse 42, following the Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus with the body, uh, Jesus' body with the spices and a long sheet of linen cloth. And we're going to look at this this evening. The place of the crucifixion was near the garden where there was a new tomb never used before. And so, because it was the day of preparation the Jew, Jewish, for the Jewish Passover, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. But he didn't stay there. 
He rose again from the dead. Christianity is a religion of power because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. If your Christianity is just about rules and principles, then you don't have true Christianity. It's about Jesus. It's about our Savior. It's about who He is and what He did and what He can do. Luke 24, 6, the angel says, he isn't here, he's risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee? You're on God's heart so much, death couldn't keep him. Romans 8, 11, for if the Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you, Just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. He'll give you the power to live for him. He'll give you the power to be free. He'll give you the power. You don't have to do those things that maybe you don't even want your mother to know you do. God will set you free. I've seen the bitter changed. I've seen the pervert changed. The alcoholic changed. God can change people in a moment of time. This is the good news. He gives you the power to live the life that pleases Him. Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead died of a broken heart for you, rose from the dead with the power to change and help you. Isn't that glorious? That's what the gospel is. This is why we celebrate his death and remember what he did. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul is writing to the church. He's trying to set some things in order. They had gotten way out of line on this understanding of communion. He's bringing some correction, and he says, for, it, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was to be betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, and he gave thanks to God. He broke it into pieces, and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, say, uh, supper. Supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. And every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. Think about what Paul's bringing to this church group of believers just like this, people who were saved, love God, do what, you know, living for God, outreaching, doing what's right. He brings and he says, you know what, this is to be done because it is good to remember, one, the cost of your sin. The cost of your sin. Your personal sin. Cost Jesus to go to the cross. Whatever it is, you're lying, stealing, whatever it was. 
That put Jesus on the cross. It's good to remember that. You know what? That's who I am. Take away Christianity, and that's who I am. Take away the Holy Spirit, that's who I am. It's good to remember that. It's good to remember what your sin really costs. Sin is not an, oops, I did it again. Silly me. It's a serious issue that we have to deal with our hearts and we're able to because of what Jesus did. And third, it shows his love. How much does God love you? As one person said, you love me this much? No, I love you this much. That's how much Jesus loves you. Much as he could. That's why he died. He loves you. It broke his heart how much he loves you. And he rose from the dead because he wants to help you. That's the God of Christianity. That's Jesus Christ. That's who he is. That's what he did. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You're not right with God. Never been born again. Never received Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. It's a miracle what God does in someone's life. If that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he's going to be able to help you. I know people who have said, ah, you know, God's against me. Well, he's not going to help you in your sin, but he's not against you. He's not going to help you in your rebellion against his word. He's only going to help you when you surrender. And he loves you enough that he cares and wants to. You broke his heart. You broke his heart. Your sin broke God's heart. But he did it to forgive you. He did it to help you. If you're here this morning, you're not right with God. Before we do anything else, it would be our privilege to lead you in a simple prayer. Let God help you and forgive you. You're here and you're not right with God. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand and say, you know what, would you pray for me? I need Jesus Christ to come into my heart and forgive me. I need God to help me. I've never understood how much he really loves me. How bad my sin really is, but now I do and I need to come to Jesus. Very quickly, slip up your hand. Pray for me. Anyone at all. You're backslidden. You once knew God. Thank God. You want to come to Jesus very quickly. You backslidden. You're away from God. You once knew him, but you turned away. Thank God. Someone else this morning. You want to join honest hearts. Responding to Jesus. Responding to forgiveness. Flip up your hand very quickly. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. You lifted your hand. Would you look at me? Amen. You mean that, don't you? Would you come very quickly? You mean that? Would you come? I just want you to kneel down here. I need a brother and a sister real quick to come and pray. Nelson. 
Grace, just, just kneel down right here. Thank you for your honesty. Nelson's going to pray with you. Anyone else? Maybe you're afraid. What, what are they going to make me do? What's, what's, what? Are they going to give me the microphone? Do I have to confess all the things I... No. No, just a simple prayer. Anyone else you want to join? Slip up your hand very quickly. I want to get my heart right with God too. I want to say a prayer. I want to know that Jesus has forgiven me. Anyone else? Join these real quickly. I'm going to move on in just a second. To the glory of God as a Christian, revisiting communion, Easter, celebrating his death, or not being morbid, or being grateful. It is the death of Jesus Christ that allows you and I to be redeemed. And you want to know how much it cost? It broke his heart. And Jesus loves you that much. He wants to help you. He wants to strengthen you. Let's all stand. These altars are open. We're going to allow people to find a place to pray. Talk to God. Then we're going to have communion. But let's just take a moment and worship his name.
I give you? Lord, I give you my heart, and I give you my soul. 